Today's show is sponsored and engineered by Daniel Adama Productions. Daniel Adama has all your music production needs covered. Does your band need a new music video? Or how about some professional band pictures for promo kits, album releases, or promotional posters? Then you need to call Daniel. He's got a PA to do live shows with in-ear monitors. He designed my podcast system, and I love it. And he can do a podcast system set up for you, too. Don't wait, my friends. It's time to create today. Contact Daniel and message him on Facebook at Daniel Adame, and you can get him on Instagram at Daniel78336. It's time to take your music to a whole new level with Daniel Adama Productions. Message him today and tell him Tony Gomez sent you. And keep grinding, my friends. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the show. If you haven't been to the rock and roll flea market, I want to personally welcome you all to the House of Rock on Saturday, March 11th, starting at 11 a.m. and go until 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Come check out the vinyls, posters, t-shirts, jewelry, CDs, cassettes, and collectibles. Have a beer and browse through an enormous collection of framed rock and metal prints, patches, action figures, and vintage magazines like Hit Parader, Cream, Metal Maniacs, and a lot more. This month, my band, Headbangers Pit, will be the performing band at the Rock and Roll Flea Market from 2 to 4 p.m. We'll be throwing down two huge sets of metal from Metallica, Judas Priest, Slayer, Megadeth, Slipknot, Hatebreed, Lamb of God, and much more. This show is free, so you can even headbang while you check out the vendors and have a cold one and enjoy a hot slice of the best pizza in town at the House of Rock. So make your plans to join me on Saturday, March 11th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. for the Rock and Roll Flea Market while Headbangers Pit is going to be throwing down and performing live from 2 to 4 p.m. I want to see you there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the show. On today's episode, I interview one of my inspirations for being a vocalist, Blaine Cook, singer for The Farts, The Accused, and Toe Tag. He's also the host of The Wicker Bar on YouTube, and you know, I absolutely love Blaine's vocals. They are sick, and I do mean fucking sick. His energy and fury on stage is relentless and addicting. He puts an amazing fucking performance on whenever he hits the stage. And, you know, I love the accused crossover punk thrash metal sound. And, you know, and that's also been known uh, as splatter core or splatter rock. And, you know, they're truly a unique band. The accused, you know, their mascot, Martha Splatterhead, could go toe to toe with Iron Maiden's Eddie. She's one badass bitch that you don't want to fuck with. And, uh, uh, you know, Blaine's an entrepreneur. Uh, he's also owned his own restaurant, Zippy's Giant Burgers. And uh, I heard it was one of the best burgers in Seattle, Washington. And he's also an author. He's got his book out, and it's called Cocktails and Mixed Drinks from the Wicker Bar. And uh, it's a book about unique and mind-blowing cocktail recipes, along with sick-ass horror artwork uh, that goes along with each one of those recipes. So Blaine's got a lot going on, and he's made music history. He's a legend, a singer-singer, and has been grinding for over 40 years in punk rock and heavy fucking metal. Here's my interview with Blaine Cook. It's time to fire it up. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in today. Today, I have the unique pleasure of interviewing one of my longtime inspirations and singer, singer for 
the farts for the cues and also toe tag. Introducing Mr. Blaine Cook. How are you doing today, Blaine? Pretty good. Thanks for thanks for having me on on this it's like a beautiful Sunday afternoon here in Seattle. Sun is out. It's really nice. I'm telling you, it's cold though. Oh, it is cold, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, it's cold. Damn. Uh, over here we're getting we're getting. It's it's a beautiful day here in Corpus. Uh, beautiful sunny skies. Uh, definitely not cold, but uh, damn, enjoying the weather today. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I wanted to mention, you know, your vocal style and your stage presence has been so fucking very inspiring to me. And it, it actually influenced my own vocal style. And I've been singing for about 30 years now. And uh, the first times I got my hands on your album, More Fun Than an Open Casket Funeral, um, it I just fell in love with your band. I love the cover art. I love the vocal style that you brought to it. And, you know, it gave birth to, to Splatter Core and, and Splatter Rock. And that's something I really was was proud to turn my friends on to because I had a lot of metalhead friends at that time that, uh, you know, were listening to uh, DRI, uh, Testament, um, uh, you know, of course, Metallica, Exodus and, and those bands, but not all of them came across The Accused. And when I was always turning on to them, some of them got it and some of them didn't. And uh, it wasn't a matter of the, of, of the shredding guitars or the drums. It was it was your vocals. Either they were going to fucking love it or they weren't, you know, just yeah. something they, they couldn't grasp. But, man, I right. really grasped it and I loved it. And I liked it especially because it, it kind of remind me of one of our local uh, hometown guys, uh, Dave Brinkman, who plays for a band called Anchor Watt here in Corpus. Yeah. Who you guys have played, yeah. you know, many shows with before. And, uh, yes. and Dave was a big inspiration to me here, here in, in town and, uh, uh, hearing that same kind of style going on between your vocals and his vocals was, uh, it, it was a hit for me. And then seeing how you went on to Mattis stories ever told. And, and I really love the, the artwork that came along with that and, and the shreds and the, every, every song was just so fucking unique and not like anybody else that was out there. And that's why, you know, I was always in love with the accused and, and, and always, you know, f flew that accused flag to as many parties I went to back in the day and, and putting it on the cassette player when I'm cruising around with my friends and, and trying to really turn everybody onto it. And a lot of the times, man, all of us really, really, uh, dug, dug deep into Mattis stories ever told. Um, it was just a, a hit from, from beginning to end. And to, up till now, it's still one of my all time favorite records ever made. And, uh, it's it's really an honor to thank be you. to be having you here on the thank show today, you. and uh, thank you. You know, I I guess uh, I want to go ahead and get started by by asking, you know, what singers or bands got you influenced to be a singer? Um, well, when I first first started singing in the band in the tale of when we first started the farts in the tail end of nineteen eighty, um, there's there's three three guys that I I cite and the uh, first one is going to be Ron Reyes um, from Black Flag. Yeah, he was the second singer for Black Flag, and if anybody's seen that that first decline of the Western civilization, you know he was a singer. Yeah, but on in, on that live footage from that, and then the second would be uh, Darby Crash um, from Germs. the Germs. And the uh, third would be uh, Cal Cal from Discharge. <clears throat> if I was to to say that those are you know if I was trying to emulate anybody that those are the three three guys that uh, that you know meant, meant meant a lot to me and you know I'd still go back and listen to that stuff you know yeah. I'm not I, you know I kind of like to move on and you know I try to check out some new stuff but those are those are still three 
you know, three. And then I, I forget the current, the, the current uh, singer for Discharge. He had, you know, his style is very, very much, you know, falls in, in the, in the cow, in the cow category as well. Killer, killer. Big names. I love all three of those acts right there. And, and I could definitely understand why, they, yeah. why that'd be so influential in getting you started right there. And, you know, um, was the Farts your first band? Or was there something before the farts? Yep, yeah, yeah, first my first band. Kid. Nope, nothing, nothing before the farts. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right. And it's pretty much like right after I got out of high school, you know, I started getting into the punk rock thing around, you know, nineteen seventy eight or you know, lat latter seventy seven, something like that. Whenever I happened to get a copy of Nevermind the Bullocks, and uh, cool. there was a, uh, a Seattle band called the Lude. I think I picked up their single and. Uh, whatever the first uh you know dead 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 kennedy single i think i picked that up and that was kind of like you know yeah the first black flag single you know all that stuff that just kind of you know what what got me into it that is awesome man i definitely you know i love all those bands right there uh black flag and uh circle jerks uh uh dk jello biafra right there um i think i heard that you guys did did several shows with with dk's and it kind of seems like jello kind of um you know took a liking to y'all is that right he did, yeah. With with the farts, we did uh, we, we did a couple of shows with him, and we had we had <clears throat> we had put out a single um, that that we we released on our own, just because that's what that's that's what you did. Um, so we put out our own single, and he really dug that. And then he managed to get the single um, released um, in the UK on on Alternative Tentacles in the UK, and then they did uh, he did the first uh, first first twelve inch twelve inch for the farts. Um, yeah. And then as, as the farts went on, we, pl- we played shows with them and then, you know, all that stuff happened so quick back, back in those days. So the farts was really like 18 months, Wow, you know, when it's all said, when it's all said and done, cause things happened a lot quicker back then. It, it didn't take so long to like, uh, get, get a record pressed. Cool. You know, you could get a record pressed, I, you know, now it takes forever back then, I guess it just happened quick. I mean, I hadn't had no 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 reference point to know how long it took but, and then <laughs> l- later on with the farts <clears throat> we changed our name to 10 minute warning and um you know jello be offer continued continued to support us we um played some more shows with the dead kennedys as 10 minute warning and then even when uh when i was asked to join the accused in uh april 1984 quite a while ago um <laughs> we he uh, provided some opportunities for the uh, for the accused. We did a, a big show with the Dead Kennedys here in Seattle, and then we uh, did some with them down in California as well. Damn! So he really did get on the bandwagon. Well, that's great. You know, uh, I've always been a big fan of, of well, Jello he out, Yeah, he helped out a lot of bands. There's a lot of a lot of bands from that t- time period that he really um, that he really propped up and. Uh, you know, help, you know, nobody thought of it as, as a career or anything like that, yeah. but he really, you know, helped, uh, helped a lot of bands, you know, uh, gather, gather bigger, bigger followings and become more popular. That's awesome. And, uh, to know that about Jello, that's pretty, that's pretty kick-ass. Um, I know he, um, seen a lot of old school footage of him, uh, going crazy on fucking stage. And I really like the uniqueness of his vocals and, uh, you know, yeah. his, uh, his political, um, uh, 
songs that were out there as well. Hey, I dug all that stuff. It was, it was super cool. That's that's what I grew up. I was I was born in 1970. So me growing up, uh, I we kind of got stuff a little on the tail end of things, like maybe two or three years later. You know, it wasn't until like '83 yeah. when I was hearing a, a bunch of stuff from from DKs and and Circle Jerks. From, we're making our way to, to the Corpus area, and it was kind of getting filtered down through San Antonio by places like um, Hog Wild Records and Tapes. And uh, but back in the day, you know, knowing that that Jello was just the biggest supporter, that that, that, that kicks ass. You know, you really you you know all of all of us back in the day, we we were we kind of helped each other out because there was nobody doing us any favors and, you know, in any of our scenes. So we all had to look out for each other. So it was all do it yourself and, and finding any place that you could to play without a, hopefully having a good successful show where they're not tearing the place apart and you can, yeah. And you could get invited to book it again. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I also, uh, so Duff played drums for you for a little while from GNR in the farts. Is that right? Yes. So he was, uh, yeah, Duff. Right before he played <laughs> in the farts, we we did a we did a little short um, <clears throat> uh, West Coast tour with uh, Discharge and the Bad Brains. Bad Brains. And this was yeah. like in October of October of eighty two. Uh-huh. And then when we got back, uh, whatever happened with our drummer, uh, Loud Fart is his name, uh, <laughs> and we kicked him out, or he quit, or or whatever whatever it was that happened. I, I don't really remember. And then we got we got Duff Duff to play drums with us, and. Um, yeah, we recorded a, a five-song demo, and we really only played. We played one one show with him, and it was down in uh, in Portland. And we were playing with uh, Poison Idea, Killer. Uh, a band from Seattle back then called the Rejectors. Cool. And the Rejectors, they were a little bit, just a little bit younger younger than we were, and they were friends with a band called the Accused. Ooh. Um, so the Accused came and and asked to get on the show, and they got on that they got on that show as well. And then, and then Duff. So that just lasted. I mean, that was like two two months. Blink of an eye. Yeah, you know, that, that was going on. I think he joined probably you know the middle of October. I think we recorded that demo in like November, and that one show that we did that was in November as well. And shortly after that, we changed the name of the band to uh, to Ten Minute Warning, and. We jammed a couple of times, but then the original uh, uh, bass player for the farts, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Fart, uh, Steve Hoffman, um, he he quit the band, and then it then then the ten minute warning thing morphed into something else. And Duff went, Duff played. Uh, Paul Soldier was was the guitar player for the farts, so Paul played lead guitar. Duff was playing rhythm guitar, and then we got another uh, uh, bass player by the name of David Griggs and a uh, a drummer named Greg Gilmore. And, um, yeah, we did, did some stuff around town and, um, some pretty, once, once again, the shows of the dead Kennedys, we were kind of, uh, we, we got to play, uh, some, some metal shows, cool. um, which was kind of weird for, for 1983, yeah. um, for, for what we were doing. And, uh, well, then they kicked me out of the band Damn, and I was very and I was very sad. I'm sure. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and they, they went on and kind of, you know, they kept, <clears throat> they kept the 10 minute warning name, yeah. but the, but the, but the musical style and the delivery was totally different. They got a new singer that was kind of more, kind of had more of this, you know, arty, almost kind of like a Jim Morrison kind of a vibe. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it was kind of like this weird, almost kind of, almost kind of not quite psychedelic, but almost, you know, kind of, kind of that, that kind of the deal. Yeah. And, um, so they moved on and did that, and then we did we did one more 
one more fart show. We did kind of like a reunion deal, and that was in uh, July, July of 1984. So that would have been the only time that we've ever played in Seattle with with um, with that particular lineup wow. with, with Duff on drums and Paul on guitar, uh, Steve on bass, and myself myself singing. Damn! All right. So and then shortly. Yeah, actually not 84, that was 83, excuse 83. me, July of 83, because then I joined, I joined the Accused in, yeah, April of April of 84. They were the next band you jumped into right after 10 Minute Warning? Um, I, I was jamming with some guys, I was, I was playing guitar, and uh, I had a band called the uh, Carnivorous Chicken Band. Yeah. We, we were a three-piece, I played guitar, and uh, an old uh, buddy of ours named Pat Quirk uh, played bass, and then a uh, really, really good friend of mine, Donald Brown, was uh, was the drummer. We were just what what they used to call back then a fuck band. You know, everybody had a band, whether whether you could play or not. You know, you did. You did your jam. You just did it, and and you did vocals mm-hmm. and played guitar back then, or were you just uh, doing guitar? We kind of switched off on. I played guitar, and then we kind of you know I did some singing. Pat did some singing. Oh, you know? all right. Do you write music also for uh, yeah. uh, for the cues? Did you ever write any music? I guess you. I guess you could. I guess you could call it that. <laughs> we wrote. We wrote we wrote some songs, very, very rudimentary, right. kind of kindergarten, kindergarten punk. I don't even know what you'd call yeah. it, you know, kind of noise. You know, we were getting stoned down in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> so in 84, when you joined the accused, um, how long did it take you guys to have the first material for more fun than an ask- open casket funeral? Was it pretty, pretty um, quickly? Well, we, before we did the, the the more fun record, we we recorded the uh, Martha Splatterhead EP. Ah, the EP. Uh, 12, okay, uh, twelve inch. Yeah, twelve inch that we that we put out our ourselves, and then so we did that probably in the in the later part of eighty four, maybe the beginning of eighty five that we put that out, <clears throat> and then we uh, had an offer from from a local label called Subcore. Cool, and he wanted to record some more songs. And then put those songs from the EP on a, on a record, and then that was the uh, Return of Martha Splatterhead record. Um, so that was like '85, and I think at that point yeah. in time we were starting to work on the material for the uh, more more fun record. Right, man, awesome. You, I, I mean, when, you, when you're younger, it's it's it, it's so much more different because it's like you're doing it, and you have a you have a purpose to what you're doing, right? But it's not like it's it's different than being than purposeful. Like if you're on a label and you know you know you have to have material to put out a record every you know twelve or eighteen or twenty four months or something like that. Yeah. And I think there's a whole a whole lot more more creativity. You know when you're when you're younger in a band because you're not necessarily trying to. We never really tried to fit in any specific category. Right. I mean we you know we felt that we were kind of that, that hardcore that that crossover um, peer group. But we didn't really, you know, like you mentioned about, you know, Matt, Matt, Matt's stories, you know, the songs, there's the songs are really all, all kind of different. They don't really follow, you know, right. really a set formula. Yeah. Um, just just so yeah, you know, more fun than an open cast funeral record. That record we recorded a couple of different times. Wow. Um, due to we were going to it was going to come out on a, on a label from California called Frontier Records. OK. Um, and then that that fell through. But right before that record came out, we uh, had three songs on the Thrasher uh, Skate Rock Volume Three, yeah. uh, which uh, uh, which is called Wild Wild Riders of Boards. Wow! And it was a record that the uh, the, the cover was die cut, so it was like you know the the, the nose end of, of a skateboard, and it had cool. um, you know, Beyond Possession was on there. 
boneless ones, uh, corrosion of conformity. Um, I think a lot of people consider it to be like one of the better, more powerful um, volumes of, of, of the skate rock. What a collector's that item out. that is to still have that in your possession. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Somebody stole my copy oh, because shit. the original copies were on. The original copies were on green vinyl wow. and they came with a poster. Ooh. Somebody stole that. I've had, I've had some records stolen out of, out of my collections. I'm always very disappointed that I, when I have people in my home, they'll, they'll do that. So Damn. I ended up having to buy another, another copy off of uh, either Discogs or, or eBay just actually just a few, few years ago. I, I paid like 45 or 75 bucks for it, uh, you know? Yeah. It's not like I'm, I can tell the guy, hey, man, I'm on that compilation. <laughs> you need to send that to me right. for free. Tell me about it, right? <laughs> I need my own copy. That's right. Oh, dude, yeah. what a collector's item that is. I, I collect a lot of vinyl, too, so I know that one right there would be just, ooh. Oh, that's all right. Okay. That's all right. So I guess. You know, this is always, it's, you know, when I when I talk to people about all this stuff, it's always kind of weird because I've been doing this for such a long time. Yeah. That, you know, you're kind of like, we're trying to like cover like literally like over 40 years <laughs> of me making music. In a short. You know, so yeah. sometimes, sometimes I might have more to talk about as we're at the beginning, but then, you know, kind of as we get near the end, I kind of start to, oh, okay, you know, now it's, you know, back then it was when it was so much more fresh and excitement. I just, you know, I just keep on doing it. Yeah, I get it, man. What After a 40 year career span, you know, and, and still growing. Um, wow. It just, it, it's amazing that you have such great memories of, you know, a memory of all these, uh, early, early, uh, you know, experiences and, and, and of your career. Cause you know, in my, in my career, some of this stuff is kind of a little blurry, but, uh, you know, uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely. I've forgotten. I've forgotten a lot more. You know, when I yeah. talked, I still play with, uh, you know, Alex, Alex Magabrain, who was the bass player for the accused. He, he, you know, I still play with him and the, in toe tag and, and our accused AD. Thing. Yeah. You know, he remembers so much more stuff. And a lot of it is because when you mix marijuana and alcohol, that's, that's what, that's what cuts out. That's what cuts out the memories. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't doing that. So, I mean, there's stuff that, that he remembers. Yeah. It's like, man, I wish I, I wish I still remembered all that stuff. Tell me but about he, it. He remembers it for me. That's cool. Yeah. You got him to bounce, get those ideas and get those refreshers from him. Oh, that's, that, that's mm -hmm. awesome. That's, that's, uh, oh, yeah. that's priceless right there. So, so more fun, uh, man, uh, excuse me, return of Martha Splatterhead. And then how long was it yeah. till you got to more fun? Were you just slamming out oh, ready, probably, you material ready for it pretty quickly? Yeah, it was probably like a year. Yeah. Yeah, about a Do year. Do some touring yeah. on, on, and there's, there's, on return? There's some of those some of those songs that were um that were actually fart songs. Whoa. That we that we covered. And unfortunately, you know, at that point in time, we, we were working with somebody who, who was our manager and he told us to do some stuff that probably that you know you know, looking back on it, wasn't really all that cool yeah. for us to do, oh, shit. but there's some, there's some, there's some songs that are, that are labeled as accused songs that were actually fart songs. Wow. How about that? So, Interesting. All right. Yeah. Which is, you know, yeah. 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 Hey, well, one of my favorite songs off of that, that return is that a wrong side of the grave. Oh, that's a sick one right there. Yeah. That's a jam. That's a big time yeah, jam. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, but the first one I got my hands on and then I dug down the rabbit hole and that's how I got my hands on, on, on Return of the March of Splatterhead was, uh, was more fun. And just, just the opening of, of Halo yeah. Flies, um, the way you start, you start coming, coming in with, with the music as it's starting to fade in and, 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 and oh, oh man, it really sets a tone. Yeah. And when the jam, yeah. when the, when the, when the band yeah. kicks in, 
Yeah, man, that's that's my that's my style of, of crossover metal right there, and that's why uh, you know Splattercore was 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 my thing, and uh, and I love the artwork. I love the artwork, and uh, thinking about the artwork, um, how did you meet the artist that that did the first uh, cover for More Fun? Um, that was I was S. Clay Wilson, and I was um, I was a, a huge fan of uh, underground comics. And those were things that were around like in, in the, in the sixties, seventies, up and up into the, to the eighties. Yeah. And, uh, S. Clay, S. Clay Wilson, um, he had a character called the checkered demon. Whoa. Um, so that was, I was, I was really infatuated with the checkered demon Yeah. and I wanted, I, I thought it'd be really cool if we had S. Clay Wilson do, do, do the, the cover for that record. Yeah. And he w- was from San Francisco, he was from San Francisco and he would spend his days at this at this bar. So if you wanted to get in touch with him back in the days when you had to write letters and, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you, we wrote wrote him a letter okay. and asked if he would uh, if he would do do the record cover. And, um, you know, the, the uh, you know, actually, the way the way the art turned out wasn't wasn't what we had in mind. Okay. Is that what, what he put out was a whole lot tamer than uh, <laughs> than, than what we than what we really envisioned because okay. he did some he did some stuff back then that was really you know really really sick and that's what we were hoping he was going to do yeah. um so that's it that's you know s clay wilson and we paid you know back then we paid i think we paid him like twelve hundred dollars whoa um, to, okay to do that to do that artwork which you know in in those days um that, that was that was a lot of money yeah um, big time yeah so he did he did that he did the cover he did the cover for more fun, and then he also did a uh, a small black and white ad um, that actually did, that did that did have the checkered demon in it. Whoa, cool! All right, that was like a little bonus, yeah, for you guys. Yeah, a little little bonus that he yeah, he threw he threw he threw us a bone. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he, say, yeah. And was that the reason why? Um, say, for instance, when you got to getting the artist for the cover work for Mad Stories Ever Told, you you chose a different artist to go with. Because of the interpretation that you were trying to get out of the first um, one? No, I'm not. You know, I honestly I don't remember how we ended up connecting with. It was uh, Jeff Gaither who did the Mattis stories. It was J- Jeff Gaither. And then he worked in, in collaboration with another artist um, who's not, no longer with us by the name of R.K. Sloan. Okay. And, you know, maybe yeah. maybe Jeff Jeff remembers. I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I'll need to ask him because he's been doing some stuff for us uh, lately. I'll have to ask him how we ended up really actually connecting, wow. um, connecting back then. Cause I, I really, I, I honestly don't, I honestly don't remember. And I believe, and as far as the switching of artists, I mean, that's just kind of, I think we just kind of started to do that. We've worked with all of these, you know, different people. And it, I, I, sometimes it seems like maybe it's like too much, you know, <laughs> and if you just stuck with like, you know, if you just stuck like the DRI, you just stuck with the same guy and then that was it. But I don't know. It's just always seems to more, 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 more fresh. You it know, does have, have something new all the time. Yeah. To experiment with different artists and, and, and seeing their, uh, their interpretations mm-hmm. of, of March of Splatterhead. Um, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah it's it's yeah. very cool. Very cool. And with, with the Mattis, with, with the Mattis stories record, that was the first one where um, we had a comic book that was supposed to be released with, with the record. Wow. And um, that was, the, that's, we, we were still on combat records yeah. at that point in time. And they couldn't really, they really couldn't get our vibe about the, about the comic book and all of that. So they didn't really get it. 
um, which is which is which is too bad because that 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 comic book turned out to be really really cool. We did end up end up putting it out. Um, they missed. Yeah, that. there was some of the ideas and some of the things that we had were maybe like ahead of their time. You know, I yeah. know that might be a little too too brag boast, boastful to say, but absolutely. Um, and well, then they ended up, then they ended up dropping us from the label before we did the before we did the next record. And um, yeah, they just weren't. I guess they weren't getting it. They weren't getting it. And so after that, no, they weren't getting it. And sometimes, with, yeah, and some of these, you know, you do these these record contracts, which you know, another thing back then we'd had no idea about record contracts, and that's why so many young bands you just see the money. That's all you see. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're actually, you're signing a really, really terrible, terrible um, contract. And, but with each, with each release, you're supposed to get more money. Right. Um, so a lot of times they, they just drop you, you know, before the third record, because they didn't want to pay, they out, want to pay, pay out that, that, that other advance when they could sign, you know, probably two or three other bands for just the price of Damn. The, that one advance. Right. Exactly. I, I hear, I hear the story. Exactly. And, and it's, it's a tough business out there, and and uh, you know it better than anybody else out there on on how, uh, you know, you you, you got to have the right people, you know, uh, pushing for you because otherwise, it, you know, you're going to be doing all the grinding yourself. All right, Blaine. Okay, so you were telling me how you had came up with the first original um, picture of Martha Splatterhead, right? And where where did that come out? Did that come out like maybe on the first uh, seven inch, possibly? Uh, well, the first one we did wasn't a seven inch; it was a twelve inch, and that one 12. didn't really. It just had a Martha Splatterhead song, but the uh, the the cover of it was just it was it was just a band photo. Okay, and, all and right. Then it was called the Martha Splatterhead EP. Um, and yeah. then when we did the then when we did the return of Martha Splatterhead, um, Tom, the original uh, guitar player of the Accused, um, then he he was he was you know doing doing some art as, uh, as, along with the. Um, original bass player of the accused uh, chewy chewy batterman so yeah so then okay. tom tom did the the artwork for the return of martha splatterhead had had three different releases they had the the blue cover that tom did the did the art for and that was the uh the u.s version that was on subcore records and then it got licensed okay. over in the uk and it was one of the first records that came out on the uh, earache earache label and then tom Killer. did, did um, for that, for that version over there. And then All when right. we got signed to combat, <clears throat> then combat licensed it over here to be released in, in the, in the U S and it has the same, like the cover, um, of the shirt of the shirt you're wearing. And that was done yeah. by, 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 by somebody else. I don't, I don't know. That was, it was the guy from Subcore records that had, that had that cover made. Oh, okay. All right. Damn, man. So three. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They really got out there. Three, that is yeah. super cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, geez, you know, um, following up with that, that release, you know, I, I like that, that you guys would always try different things. Um, and you know, and every, like we were just talking about a matter of stories, you know, no songs identical to the next one, you know, that's why I kind of liked how I think after Psychomania, I think it's, uh, uh, the bag lady and and that's got a totally different yeah. different kind of feel to it but but i i love all the the riffage and and, and the uh, all the phrasing and your vocals going on right there but but my point is that you always try something different and i like what you did on uh i think it was a uh, grinning like an undertaker where you experimented with the rapper on down and out yeah. and uh what was that yeah. rapper's name that, that worked with you on that one Th those were a couple of guys they, they were from the seattle area they were called the peace team posse 
And, Whoa, um, okay. All right. And uh, it's been such a long time. I can't remember. There, there, there was, it, it was two of them and I can't, I can't, I, I can't remember. No, it's, I, I think I, I still, uh-huh. I still have their, I think I still have to have the cassette. So yeah, I, I can't remember the two guys' names, but yeah, they were, uh, wow. and I can't, I'd like to think that they that they did do it live with us a couple of times. Um, but Whoa! I can't, okay. I can't yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, then you know, and then after that, I think I I heard you guys do something on on Splatter Rock as well, where um, it, it's um, what is it? I want to say it's um, don't you have a lady or don't you have a woman? And oh, uh, the Greenwood House of Medicine. Yeah, where it's that's just kind of right, like, you know, exactly. Some, some beats in there and a bunch of samples. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's far out. And, yeah. and who, who had the theme for that? Was that your idea? Uh, we all, you know what, that record was, that record label Nasty Mix was, was getting ready to go, to go under. And okay. uh, we had, we had, we were getting, we had a pretty big advance to do that record, but we really, there was some other stuff that was going on with the band that, um, um, and that's why we didn't have a lot of material because if you listen to that record, that record is like barely 15 minutes long. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of filler, a lot of, a lot of filler on that record. And that was one of the things that we did. We just wanted to get, we did that. We wanted to get the money. We wanted to get the money. For that. <laughs> so I think we, we were, I, I, that record, I think we had an advance of maybe like, 20 or $25,000 was our, was our advance for that record. And we, cool. we recorded it for like eight. So right. we, we Good. took, we, we took the rest, we pocketed the rest of the money and, uh, right. And then nasty mix, they, they, they started to go out of business. And then that's when our guitar player on that splatter rock record, that's before that came out. That's when Tom, the original guitar player, that's when he, he quit. And went to go do this this band called Drunk Grunt Truck, and okay. uh, we ended up getting another another guy to play guitar, and his name was uh, Andy Massey. He actually he, he lives down in Texas now. Um, so we right. he was in a band from Seattle called Terrorist. <clears throat> so we had this we had this U we had this European tour um, booked before Tom quit. It's like you know we could we couldn't bail on that. So Andy came in and we had Alex and I had, had done some stuff with Andy. We uh we did this little Black Sabbath uh, tribute tribute deal that we did with Andy. And um cool. Yeah so yeah so yeah. that's the we we did a, a video for that record um for the song Two Hours to Sunrise and that was with, right uh, in in the video Andy Andy's playing guitar <clears throat> and then our drummer for that record, his cool. name was Devin Karakash. He ended up, he ended up, uh, he, he, he quit too. And then on, on that video um, is uh, Steve, the Slayer hippie, um, Hanford. <laughs> he was from Portland and he was in a band called uh, Poison Idea back at that, at that point in time. So yeah. he had actually produced, he produced that Splatter Rock record. So we had, so along with the recording budget, we also had a video budget. So another one yeah. where I think any back then doing a video was a cost. It cost a lot of money. Um, you know, now yeah. people back do, then do videos, yep. do videos on the, on the telephone, you know, um, so we <laughs> right. squeeze them for, for some more, more money. And then NASA and that record ended up, I think it might be a collaboration of a nasty mix release, but then it was, um, it was on itchy bond. And I believe at that point in time, I think that itchy bond, I think it was owned by vanilla ice. 
was a person wow. that owned that on that label at that point in time. Oh, okay. All right. Oh yeah. And, and so, so after that, after you finished your commitments with that, with that last tour, um, is that when pretty much the accused had, uh, had called it quits and, is no, that we did after, after that record came out. We did uh, we did two more we did two more European tours. Um, one one with Will, while Devin was still playing drums, and then when we got back from that tour, he quit, and we got another uh, drummer, a uh, guy by the name of uh, Jason Austin, and we did cool. another we did another European tour with with Jason and Andy. We did we did some some West Coast and some local stuff, and uh, after some, somewhere. During that 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 last European tour, we were uh, negotiating um, to get signed on on Century Media. Um, cool. But then when, when we got back, Alex Alex and I just decided we were just gonna we we thought about starting something new, and uh, yeah. So we just kind of bagged on the uh, bagged on the accused. Alex actually went on went on and did did some other stuff, um, and then we got back together and did a, another reunion type deal. I think was that 2009 when you came back for the curse, yeah, the curse of Martha Splatterhead. Yeah, the first, the first reunion was, was around 90, 96, early 1997. Oh, okay, and, um, all right. And not that was we. So we brought back. Um, we had Josh Cinder who played on. Uh, yeah. Played on the on the grinning and the uh, the the straight razor uh, EP on Nasty Mix. He came back and played drums. Um, and you toured on that on during that uh, time? No, we just did. We did some local stuff. I think we we may have. No, not not on that one. We we just did, did some not local stuff. I think just some just just Seattle and Portland. Um, oh. And then okay. that that didn't that that didn't that didn't work out. And then we got together again. Probably latter part of two thousand one, beginning of two thousand and two. And, uh, okay. we did yet, yet another, we got together, uh, another time. And this time we brought on, um, uh, our drummer that we had <clears throat> named Steve Nelson. Cool. And, uh, and we did, we did that for a few years. We, we, we did, we put out that, the Oh Martha record that we put out on our, on our own, uh, on our own label. Yeah. And there was just, there was just, you know, you know, that, that happened such a long time ago. There was just some stuff that happened, um, that that shouldn't have happened and you know that oh, shit. some of that okay. stuff is, is still 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 affects affects what, what what we're doing today um unfortunately All right. um and at that when we did that omartha record we were going to get signed to uh relapse um yeah which would have been All right. a, a phenomenal um phenomenal opportunity and then just um just things things were, were happening and uh Shit. It didn't go that way, unfortunately. All right. And, then, and yeah, then we, um, Alex and Steve and myself, <clears throat> we stopped playing with the accused and we formed a uh, toe tag. Um, and that was, man, I don't know, 16, 16, 17 years ago, something like that when we formed, when we formed toe tag. So three out of you guys joined yeah, three to, of the, three out of toe tag. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We Very worked cool. together before we, before we got a bass player. <clears throat> we probably, because I think we stopped playing with the accused. It was like in around August, and I think it wasn't until a February that we got that we got a bass player. So by the time we got a bass player, we probably already had, um, I don't know, a dozen a dozen new songs. Um, 
that we wow. have brought on our bass player. And he's the guy, uh, Steve McVeigh, that we, you know, that we still play with right now. It's kind of cool. still been for the past 16 or 17 years. It's been the core of, uh, you know, myself and um, Alex Maggotbrain, who now plays guitar and, and Steve McVeigh, you know, is the, the, we're, we're the new core three. Um, Steve Nelson was yeah. still, he still played drums with us um, for quite a, quite a few years, but uh, he, he hurt his, hurt his, hurt his shoulder. Um, and he had, he had moved. He wasn't living in Seattle In Seattle. There's, there's, some different islands and stuff so there's we have ferries that people use to commute so he was kind of he kind yeah. of lived kind of far away so you know he just he, he retired from playing drums and you know we went through you know Aww. a handful of different 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 guys and, oh uh, all right well thinking yeah. about the last time we had you guys over here at playing over here at gators in corpus christi must have been mm-hmm. at least maybe three to five years ago possibly uh within that window that was, uh, and probably either 2018 i think okay maybe 2018 2019 yeah. okay yeah all right yeah well, yeah we, we, we did that that texas run with uh with anchor watt yeah yeah uh, I, I got to catch it here in corpus you guys sounded great it was a fucking badass show yeah. um there were there was some there were some technical issues i remember that that night there but, was um, yeah <laughs> but, but the i scored both of the show. Yeah, the guy didn't know how to run the PA or something, you know, and I think, yeah, yeah I think it finally, it finally got worked out like, you know, I can't remember if we played last or Anchorwatt played last, but I remember we finally got it dialed in, you know, near the end of the end of the set. And then there was that, whatever that first band was, where the guy came out in his underwear and he had a, he had a hood on and they were kind of, kind of a portly guy. They were kind of goofy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I remember. I can't think of their name, dude. I think they came on before another band uh, uh, that, that's popular around here called Drastic Action that played that night too. Yeah. But yeah, man, that was something else. Yeah. That was something. So, um, who was on? Who was your back? Those was that the Toe Tag lineup backing you up as as, a, as the QZD that night? Yeah, we're we're the same. We're the same band. You know, Toe awesome, Tag. Awesome. Yeah, it's the same band. The the only the only difference is is the accused songs are in standard tuning and the Toe Tag is in drop D tuning. I think oh, I think it's that's okay. the only difference. Yeah, we're we're the we're the same. Yeah, it's just the same guys. Yeah, killer, killer. I remember I, uh, whoever was selling the merch that night turned me on to one of the toe tag patches, and uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a green man on it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah! And then you know I started digging down the uh, digging down the uh, the rabbit hole, and uh, man, I really dig Paraquat. Paraquat, you just released that one last year. Um, yeah, about a year, year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's cool. I really we, dug that, man. There's a lot of great songs on there. Yeah, yeah. We kept we kept, you know, during all the COVID lockdown and all that business. That didn't really that didn't really, you know that didn't do anything for us. We you know, we spent so much yeah. time together. We're and we pra- we practiced at my house, so we 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 wrote all those songs during during the uh during the lockdown when we couldn't play any shows. Um yeah. And orig- originally oh, we were because I've always been hesitant to do to do the digital format of music, which you know actually you know in retrospect was was a bad idea. You know I really should have you know made everything available digital from the, from the very beginning. But you know I was stubborn and wanted to stick to my old school ways. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we okay. re- we recorded those songs and we we wanted to put them out on on vinyl. But you know during yeah during the the lockdown business there was uh, everybody wanted to. To, to get a record pressed and it was just taken yes. taken forever. So we for you know, real slap those up on Bandcamp and you know 
and it, you know, I think it, it, it turned got it out, out there. a lot better because we got a, a whole lot more people um, were able to listen to the music than they would have. Um, yeah, it, it had just been a vinyl release. Yeah, that's true. And you yeah. know, speaking of COVID, so you started staying busy with during COVID as well. Yeah, I started seeing you popping up on Facebook doing uh, live shows, uh, making cocktails. And yeah. was that the beginning of the Wicker Bar? That was the beginning of the Wicker Bar. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I started, yeah. you know, because everybody started doing these uh, these Facebook Facebook Live live videos. So I was doing those where sure. I was making cocktails or, you know, I, I do some cooking as well. Or, you know, I do some really yeah. know, goofy, goofy, stupid stuff. And then the it Facebook was a fun Live show. started. Pardon? It was a fun show. Oh yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm still doing that. So then I just I switched it over. You know, I I didn't real I didn't realize how easy it was to record something on my phone and then go boop. Who am I <laughs> sharing this? I'm going to share it to YouTube and I'm going to create a channel. So that's you know, yeah, I've been yeah. doing that. You know, we don't do it, you know, as much. You know, because my my wife started working from home very very shortly after the COVID stuff happened, and all when right. she first started working from home she really didn't have to really work all that much because, you know, people were still kind of trying to figure out how that was going to work. Um, right. So we were drinking a lot more in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of, Getting of, creative, of all, right? Yeah. All that, yeah. All that lockdown stuff. So, you know, now I do, I'm, you know, I, I still try to do, you know, post, post a cocktail um, once a week and I have to figure out, you know, I, I've got the editing software on the computer. I just need to get down there and figure out how to do that. Um, cause I want to do some more cooking videos, but I have to do it with my wife so that she can, she can film. But if I could just do it where I just, yeah. you know, I'm filming and then I can, I can do some editing, uh, you know, but right. I'm not, I'm not going take the wicker bar yet. I'm still going. Good, good. So speaking of the wicker bar, um, and, and, and the history of it so far, I know that you got a book. It has a book come out or is it fixing to? Yep. Yeah. In yeah, regards to, to yeah. Oh yeah. man, awesome, awesome! I I, I caught a, a a an earlier interview of yours, and you were talking about how the book was was coming together, and uh, how you got all these other uh, you how you collaborated with other artists to get some some yeah. great drink ideas together. And, yeah, uh, well, yeah. Well, give uh, me some of those drink names, man, because I, I I think you you were going for like a some dark you know wicked kind of titles, right? It was yeah, and they were all they're actually they're all. For, for the most part, they're all classic, like cocktails that are from, from the 30s and the 40s. Um, cool. Yeah. I, 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 you know, the, the, the Little Devil, um, yeah, El, El, El Diablo, <laughs> the, the Red, Red, you know, the uh, Red, Red Devil, um, uh, uh, Frank and Jack. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, a bunch of versions of the, of the zombie which is a classic cocktail, um, a bunch of versions of another co classic cocktail um, called the Corpse Reviver. Um, yeah. How yeah. cool, I've man. It. It, is it, that available? It was just, you know, it's just the same deal when I did the Wicker Bar and I want it. And, you know, somebody said, we need to put out a book. It's like, it's the same thing about being in a band. It's like, I'm going to put out, I'm going to put out a book. I know all of these artists. I, you know, contacted them, you know, yeah. asked if they, if they wanted to be involved. And everybody did. There's a, a few a few people I had to pay because that's <clears throat> that's how they work. Um, but most everybody right. just, just did it for free, and everybody got got copies of the book. And it wasn't very cool. You know, it's not a it's not something to make money. It's just like you know, 
I'm just no man. I that's super cool. It's something you're good at. It's yeah. something you're good at, and 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 it yeah. need to be sharing. And 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 like a, a, a fan of yours, like myself, um, can I find it on Amazon? Um, you not, can is, if you go to the uh, the toe tag toe tag band camp. Oh great, okay. Camp, right? awesome. And I'll, I'll I'll send you a copy. You know, just wow, you know, man, that would be great with your, with your address. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right, killer. Yeah. And you know, hearing more about your cooking, um, I know you have a burger place, and uh, I, we, we, well, actually, uh, we don't have we don't have the restaurant anymore. We had to close. We had to close down. No kidding. Yeah. Damn. Oh, uh, was it just um, just uh, times have been tough and, and uh, inflation um, prices going uh, there up? Was, there was all all of those factors, and we we were we'd actually been trying to sell the business. Um, and okay. We, we were working with a business broker, and. Uh, it was just the landlord. The landlord was, uh, you know, blocking us from, from selling the business. And, you know, I was, I was, you know, it's, it's, it's fairly stressful, even though I didn't actually, I, I, I no longer worked in the restaurant, you know, like in, in the kitchen, All right. you know, I stopped doing yeah. that a few years ago. So I more had, had, had the owner role. Um, but I okay. was just, I, I, it was just causing, it was causing me, me too much stress. So that's why we wanted to sell it. And there was just some yeah. things, if we were, were going to keep the business open, there was some things that we needed to do, um, to, to, to bring, to, to inject some new life into it. And I just didn't have, I didn't have the energy, um, to do it. And when the landlord, right. they, they just kept blocking us, um, blocking our, our sale at every step. And we had, a, we had a guy that was ready to, that was ready to buy, but the, landlord they they weren't working with them so it's just we just made the decision that's like you know we're we're done um yeah you know, it was it was a drag for our employees because we really only gave everybody um just about two weeks notice damn um, yeah but that's it's that's it's tough just, and how long did the business how long did you have the business going we were uh 14 years 14 years yeah. and i heard you had the best burgers in seattle that's uh, a freaking that's shame what, that's, what, that's what people said yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I wish I would have made it up there to be able to catch it before then. Yeah. So, you know, I, my day job is working in food service. I'm a supervisor at the student center in the university here at Texas A&M. And uh, I've, I've been in food service for 30 years. I've been a general manager at one time and I've done worn every hat that there is in a kitchen and one except for the owner. And yeah. I can just imagine the kind of headaches and nightmares that the owners got to put up with as well, because uh, uh, there's 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 so much uh, so much stress involved when you're when you're trying to be that that uh, that business operator and when you're taking care of your employees, you feel that loyalty to them. Yeah. Um, you want to do things a certain way to to you know brand yourself, and uh, there's some tough decisions that's got to be made during during all that. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, you're not going to be in, in everybody's, uh, favorable eye, but, you know, to make those kind of decisions is what's going to keep you afloat. Yeah. And, uh, I, I can, uh, how did you pair during, during COVID? How did your business do during, during that time? You know, we actually, we, we actually did okay. Um, the, the, the great, the year, good. Yeah. 2020, we, we still, we still did okay. And then, you know, they, they kept, you know, there was a lot of extra rules that the system placed on you. You know, oh, it's like, yeah. you know, every, every morning you had to temperature, temperature check everybody and keep a log right. and you know, all this other, all this other bullshit. But yeah. <clears throat> the first year we had, we had to, we had to trim our hours down because there was no, there wasn't any indoor seating and um, our, yeah. our space was pretty big. We had seating, we had seating for 45 people. Um, so Great. 
when you have to no longer have seating, you're, you're still paying for all of that space. Right. You know, yeah. It's not, it's what an not, overhead. Used. So the, the first year went okay, but then, you know, you know, I'm sure that you're aware of, it just started to get really, really hard um, to get yeah. certain things, you know, like latex, latex or vinyl gloves, you know, the price of right. those, something that, that at one point was $35 for a box, you know, now it was 125 or 145. And that's even if I could get it. Um, right. You know, or some places yeah. I could buy one box of a hundred gloves a day. And I'm going, dude, yeah. it's like I'm, I go through <laughs> that in a, in a half a day. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I just, it, it yeah. really, it got to the point Very where tough. Stuff, I was ordering, um, I was ordering off of Amazon <clears throat> because I, wow. I couldn't get it at the normal places that I would, I would, you know, shop, shop yeah. for the restaurant. And then, right. you know, I think as you got into, into the second year, <clears throat> that's when the prices of, of some stuff just like double, you know, double, double or triple, you know, if you're using yes. fryer oil, you know, went from what was at sometimes at the low end, $19 a box, you a know, bucket, maybe yeah. 22, 25, then it went up to 45 or 50 or, or, you know, mayonnaise, you know, and it was yeah. just, you know, there was a huge one commodity after another, just making we, it really tough. Yeah. 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 So uh, and then, you know, just, you know, hiring, hiring people. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes that was always a challenge. Are, That's right. Who's yeah. coming back to work. Right. right. Younger people, the, the, the work ethic, uh, is, you know, it's a little bit different than, you know, people that are, you know, from a, a, a little bit older. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had to work with that and, yeah. you know, uh, what it's, it's, it's those obstacles still exist today. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's a shame that, that, that the business had to go, you know, that you called it quits. But, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, that's one that I'm sure you could sleep a little bit better at night now, you know, oh, not oh, knowing that that's oh, on your shoulders anymore. Right. Yeah, Goodness. Yeah. No, it was a uh, no, I had to start going to therapy. That was, you know. Oh, was, man. Yeah. Oh, no, it was like. Yeah, it was it was beating me down. Beating you down. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. And, you know, you're trying to do things right. And, 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 and it makes it they make it very hard to yeah. uh to do things right and to uh to uh keep it on the up and up and um anyway um it, it, you know things things you know kind of run their course and you know it's it's an awesome feeling to know that hey you had the best burger running in seattle and you've you've got so many so many different talents so i'm sure that 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 cooking show is really going to be going off and uh is there a particular kind of uh, style of cooking that that you favor that you want to be showing off during your show um i you know, I just do just, just a little bit, a little bit of everything. I think, you know, what I just Great. like to show, I just like to show that you can, you can, you can do it at home and, you know, it gets yeah. so expensive now, now to go out <clears throat> for real, you know, if you go yeah. out, you know, just, <clears throat> just to go out for breakfast. I mean, I don't know how it is down there, but you know, up, up here, you're going to pay 12 or $14 just for a, a regular two egg breakfast, you know? Damn. Um, yeah. Over yeah. here, it's about eight to no, ten just, bucks. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. No, I just like to just show people that you can, you know, you can cook at home. Yeah. It's easy. Don't, you know, don't. D- yeah, don't, don't be scared. I guess you know that's just where I'm at. Yeah, and and put and 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 have fun doing it and showing them, you and know, you, that that it, it's yeah. it's a doing it at home is is not only going to be a cost effective, but hey, you can make it. You can really have some fun doing it and 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 get your spouse involved and uh, yeah, you totally. know, make yeah. a real show of, of your own afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, after, yes, after a lot, mimicking lot more what they see on your show. 
yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, so uh, is Toast Tag staying busy up there in Seattle? We've um, we're, we're we've been writing uh, new material. Um, that's what we're doing. We we just keep getting asked. You know, people want people want us to play. You know, those old accused songs, and we yeah. were actually oh yeah, we were going to be done. <clears throat> we did a couple of shows with with DRI in October of October of, of 2021. And then that was, that was going to be it. We weren't going to, we were going to, you know, just, just only do, only do the toe tag stuff. Um, yeah. But then we got asked to play this uh, festival called the Northwest Terror Fest. And they wanted us to learn that, that return of Martha Splatterhead record. So oh, wow. know, we, took, took, we took a couple of weeks to think about it. And then it's like, okay, I guess we're going to keep, we're going to keep doing these. Uh, we're going to keep doing these <laughs> Q songs. That's, we, we haven't, we did uh We've really only done just a couple of, of toe tag shows um, since shows started back up in whatever the summer of 2021 or, or whenever, whenever that was. Um, yeah. All right. But I've been, I've been pushed. We played, we played last night and there's some guys that were there. It's like, you guys need to do some toe tags, toe tag shows, man. We want to hear that material. So I'm going to yeah. work on, I'm going to work on getting some, uh, getting some toe tag, toe tag things booked up here. Cool. Where, where are the places to play at up there for you guys? <clears throat> um, well, there's uh, uh, a place that we played at last night here in Seattle. That's called the Bar House, and it's run Bar by House, a guy huh? named uh, Michael Freiberger. And he yeah. uh, has a record label called uh, Satanic Royalty. And he also cool. has a band called Death Cave. <clears throat> so that's a place. Unfortunately, right. the, the bars get to stay open, but they're they're you know stop doing shows here here in like a month. Uh, Bar House is one. One of the bigger places called the El Corazon, and okay. that's a big room. And then attached to the El Corazon is a place called the Fun House. Yeah, um, there's that. And then you go down, you know, a little bit south of Seattle is a uh, city called Tacoma. Um, down Tacoma, there, you play right. a place called the Plaid Pig or the Valley, um, Jazz Bones. You go yeah, where's your farther. favorite place to play over there in your area? Where's your favorite place? You know, anywhere where people show up. We played, I dig it. Because <laughs> uh, now that we've been doing it, it's, it's kind of weird how things have turned, like maybe like over the past 18 months that were, um, for some reason, um, the, the, the younger guys, they've, they've, um, they've discovered the accused or something. I don't really know what it is. So we've been, we've been, you know, we've been asked to play with these younger metal bands, which is really great for us. You know, they think it's great, great. We get to play with yeah. you guys, but you know, really you guys are doing more for us than, you know, you think that we're doing for you. I mean, you're kind of like, <laughs> we're being, you're inviting us into your world that we ordinarily we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to get into. So Friday night we played. Um, in a city called Bellingham, and that's about uh, about an hour and a half north of Seattle. It's right at the uh, right at the at the Seattle uh, U.S. Uh, Canadian border, <clears throat> and it was okay. a to total all ages show. It was like this uh, arts. It was called the uh, makeshift art space, and uh, they have they have a little art gallery upstairs, and they have uh, jam rooms. It's kind of like a co op kind of collective collective type of a deal. And, uh, all right. No, it was nothing but nothing but kids. There was a few, a few older guys there, you know, maybe, maybe a, a dozen tops, but the rest, That's it was it. all high school okay. kids, you know, and it was fucking, wow. it was fucking killer, you know? Um, yeah. That's the kind of stuff that we, 
we re we really embrace you know we don't because we're not doing this for money that's you know that's not what it is it's just you know we want to play to a we want just want to play to an appreciative and you know energetic audience um hell and yeah and getting to play with these these younger guys it's where we get to bring because we're all considerably older than somebody who's 15 <laughs> or 17 um, some of yeah you know, right it, yeah. It's, it's 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 really good I I think in some respects it's good to show show the young guys you know that you can you can still be doing it and that and then yeah. they look at us you know I don't need to say how old we are but um, then to look at us and it's like you know these guys are these guys are still doing it and you know of course I'm not I'm not 25 anymore so I can't do the stuff I did when I was 25 or even when I was 30 but you know these guys sure. are still you know, <laughs> their heart is still in it they they are still trying yeah. to you know shred as hard as they can. Yes, yes. And, you know, and, and I feel that there's a lot of appreciation because, you know, I've been doing gigs here in town for, you know, since 86 when I first started out on drums and, you know, doing all these, you know, I've been in a couple of bands for like 10 years, 10 years in this one. And so um, people know me throughout the years and I freak out when they say, man, I saw you when I was 13 and, you know, uh, you really inspired me to start playing. And so right now I'm in that grateful stage of life where I'm able to play the crowds um, with yeah. the more younger they are, the better, because, you know, I, I, yeah. you know, I, you know, those that's how I was. I was that kid that was out there at 13, 14, 15, looking for that next favorite band that I that I wanted to get into. And so I know that fire that that it's not about the money. It's just, hey, I want to get out there and, and show them and, and, and put on a show. It's it's yeah, still what yeah. what's in our heart performing, yeah. and yeah, we yeah. may not be able to jump and, and and catch the same amount of air that w that we did back in the day, but the heart and the fire and the fury is still alive, and and yeah. it really comes out when you when you see that kind of crowd, you know, uh, uh, getting fired up and and enjoying the jams that that you know for a lot of them are probably first time you know listeners. And now yeah. after that, they're like, wow, these guys kick ass. And, yeah. you know, that now they got every reason to go down their, their favorite music platform and, and dig deep and, and follow you guys and, 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 and keep showing up at the next shows, you know, next yeah. time yeah. You're, you're, you're throwing down. It's, yeah, it's good for us, you know, because you really get to feed off of that. And then the young people now, obviously, you know, they have <clears throat> the advantage that, you know, we didn't have that they, you know, you, you do some of these things and like there's these young kids and they're, they're singing along or they, they know the songs. Yeah. You can go on YouTube, you know, and catch it. Yeah, and catch it. You know, everything, everything is on. And you go going to YouTube now is like, you know, when I was younger, like I'd go to the library and you you could yeah. check out records, you know, right. Um, and it's just the same, you know. The, yeah, it's the same. Exactly the same thing. It's at the touch of your fingers. Yeah, yeah. man. It's it. They've got so many advantages nowadays, and yeah, yeah. and more power to them. More oh, power totally. to them. Yeah. yeah, we had we had our struggles. You know, we had you know, like you mentioned, maximum rock and roll was was one of our. Uh, um, our connections and, and our way of networking back in the days yeah. and, and getting cassettes from, from Texas to California to California to New York and, and everywhere around. Yeah. And, uh, luckily there was some great fanzines out there that, that supported, you know, the underground movement and, and the scenes, whether it's hardcore or punk or, yeah. or, or whatever was going on and gave us, you know, opportunities to get out there and, and do all that shit and, and doing it, doing it yourself. You, you, you create that, this, that, that pride that, that, uh, you, you really look for that, look forward to that next show where, where you can, uh, just lose your mind on stage and, 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 and throw down some fucking, throw them everything yeah. you got. And, yeah, yeah. you know, when I mentioned that I saw you guys play at, at the cameo theater, 
um, it must have been on Grinning Like an Undertaker tour. And it, like I mentioned, man, your 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 intensity and your 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 ferocity on stage, getting across uh, from side to side, catching air, jumping off the the drum riser, uh, head banging all the way through, and just just really losing yourself on stage is is what inspires me to 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 try and follow in those same kind of footsteps and and that's why I encourage the other guys to uh, that that ask me hey can you give me any advice I say lose yourself learn all your lyrics do all your homework at the practice and when it comes to the show lose yourself on stage and catching you guys at the cameo back then was was like a at the moment of the, it was it was like a dream come true because I had followed you guys for years already and then to finally catch you guys here in 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 Texas it was worth making the trip from Corpus to San Antonio and uh it was a, it was a hell of a show and and ever since I seen the, the your live presence it's it's really inspired me uh as as Thank a singer you. and and as a performer on stage and uh, I'm sure you, you've touched so many other artists like myself to continue in, in those kind of footsteps. And, and uh, you know, I like doing those high-pitched screams. And, and you kind of had a nice blend of everything. And your voice, it, it sounded like a fucking monster. And that's what <laughs> I loved about it. I love the way you even had those sing-along songs, like at the end of Maddest Stories Ever Told, where everybody's kind of humming along to it. Yeah. And, yeah. uh so much fun shit and and i i dug it and uh the bass lines that, that would start like in in, in psychomania and, and and uh the the breakdowns where you have that that, that mosh pit rhythm coming in in, the, in in the middle of certain parts i think it's like scared to death um yeah. that second half of scared to death i think you even have like a, is there a girl vocalist that comes in and sings that yeah or no scared of, scared of the dark has has the has scared the, girl, of the, dark. Yeah, the girl yeah the girl vocal in there yeah, you know, it really changes, you know, the mood of the song right there. But man, I love it. It sounds fucking great. And then it comes yeah. back to the heaviness that you, that you, with the first riffs of the song. And man, just real classics, real classics. And I love to put it out there on, on social media so people can keep sharing that. Um, but it, you know, I did want to ask you, you know, on Spotify, which is, is my platform uh, of choice. Um, not all your material is on there. And, and why, why is that? How come we can't find like Mattis stories on, on a platform? <clears throat> that that I, I do not know all right um, that's kind of that kind of goes back to some of that some of those problems that we had with with doing the accused um okay so, all right I you know it. it's like all right you know, I, I you know i i i could i could talk about it and i and i could i could say <laughs> some things but i mean the, the it's stuff not worth that's it happened, i get it yeah the it's stuff done, that, it's that, done. That, that happened it's it's never going to be you know, it's never, you know, there's never going to be a resolution. Um, you know, there's okay. never going to be a meeting of the minds. It's, it's, it's just, it's the way it is. Um, yeah. and it's, it's unfortunate that, mm -hmm. that it's like that, but you know, we're moving on. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're just, we're, we're moving on. And, you know, we, we do these accused songs. We call ourselves the accused AD because we're, we're not the accused. And, you know, I know that for, for Alex and myself, you know, um, yeah, there, there will never, you know, somebody can say that they're the accused, but it's never, it's never going to be, it's never going to be the same. And, uh, I get it. you know, yeah. I think it's, it's fair, it's fair to say that what, what we're doing is, is as close, um, as you're going to get, as you're going to get. Yeah. And, and, yeah. You know, we've been doing this, it, we've been calling ourselves the accused AD since around the end of 2016, 2017 okay. is when we, when we, because we we did these <clears throat> we did the accused songs earlier on and we called ourselves Martha's Revenge and uh, okay because people, you know people wanted us to play the songs 
You know, it's not like we're, yeah. we're doing it like to cash in or, you know, do this, this, that, or the other. Yeah. They wanted want us to do the songs. We wouldn't take the time to learn them. You know, that's, but right. people wanted us to do it. And that's, that's why we do it. Oh, hell yeah. So let me, let me get to um, one other thing. I wanted to find out, are you a collector of anything? Do you have like um, action figures, vinyls, or um, you souvenirs know, for, over for, the years? For many, many years, um, I, I collected toys and I did, okay. uh, I did toy auctions and toy shows and, and all of that. Wow. Um, for many years, I also collected uh, 16 millimeter film. Um, okay. I had a, a huge, far out. <clears throat> I had a huge collection of cartoons. I had some old uh, TV shows and I also <laughs> had um, um, a really great collection of uh uh, wrestling um, TV shows from like the fifties and the sixties. Um, wow. But you know, unfortunately as, as you know, I'm able to collect stuff because I have extra money. Um, okay. But then as, <laughs> as you know, times dictate and I need, you know, extra money for something, you know, I've had to, I've helped had to sell my collections over the years. Oh, uh, you might have to so part with some my, things. Yeah. I've sold my, I sold my film collection. Um, I've sold most of my most of my toy collection. Um, I do I do have uh, toy guns are, are kind of what 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 I like. Um, so I do have a, a cool you know a modest a modest collection of toy guns. I have a modest modest uh, collection of uh, vintage uh, Halloween related stuff. Um, yeah, it's just the Very stuff the stuff, cool. that I, the stuff that I like. Um, that, yeah. you know, that from my memories, from when I was a kid, yeah. it, it's just, you know, I, where I'm at in my life, I'm never going to have that kind of, uh, disposable income where I can justify buying a 500 or a thousand dollar toy. Um, yeah. Really, my <laughs> wife you. yeah, my wife doesn't give, give a shit about, you know, it's going to be, you know, I don't really <laughs> know. I know a couple of guys that still collect toys, uh, but nobody else cares about, but me. Um, I feel you, know, you I still, man, and yeah, yeah. I still, uh, I still collect records. Uh, I did great. I did just get a job, so I started a new job last week. So I'm going to start having a, a little bit of, uh, you know, disposable disposable income because I haven't worked okay. since the restaurant closed. And uh, all right, you know, I have some savings, but I'm not going to use my savings. My wife is working, but it's not really, it's not really fair in our relationship for me to just be fucking around all day buying records and drinking. And of course and not. And, you know, that's just yeah, not fair. So I know. that's not what yeah. I, that's not what I've been doing, but you know, now that I've got a job, you know, I'll be able to, be, I'll be able to get a record, you know, every month, every month or so. Hey, I'm feeling you exactly. And that's the way I am too. You know, my wife, my wife does very well. She's, uh, she does very well at her profession. And, you know, but, but for me, my heart's in my music. And that's why I got this day job working in food service. And, uh, it's, it's been very, um, it's, it's been the right fit for me. I'm off on weekends. I'm doing gigs on, on, on weekend nights and rehearsals during the week and doing podcasts as well. So it's the right fit. And, um, I know exactly what you mean. You know, everything's got to go through my wife. So if there's any kind of real purchase that I need to make, it's got to go through her, her okay. And, and the savings is off limits. It's something yeah, that's yeah. there for a rainy day, you know, and right. you know, we need it. And I, and I've been in that, sh in that predicament where, you know, my daughter wrecks her car and next thing you know, she needs a vehicle and we need to help her out and shit and shit yeah. happens. So, yeah. <laughs> but before we wrap things up, I like to do a segment with my interviews called draw the line. So I want to ask you some questions real quick, Blaine, about what's your favorite 
out of some different topics that uh, I think uh, you're going to have a lot of expertise in. All right. Okay. Okay. So the first first one we're going get, to get into, we're going to start off with some bands. And you tell me who you, who you favor more out of these two. Dead Kennedys versus the Circle Jerks. <clears throat> I'd have to say the Dead Kennedys. Okay. Uh, you know, and after our interview, I, I can un- understand why you would favor them, especially with, with Jello being, you know, the, 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 the great ambassador and, and, and supporter of, of underground music. And uh, um, I'm trying to think, um, Morris. Although I do like, uh, you know, I do like the stuff that Keith Morris has done. You know, I liked, you know, they were doing, they were doing their Black Flag tribute thing called Flag. And uh, yeah. I like I like the thing that he's doing uh, now called Off. I'm not I yeah. don't care, care so much for their new record. Um, I do like the other ones, and I did see Off play. They played up here in Seattle about two months ago, and they played okay. with this uh, this band from LA called Zulu. And if you All haven't right. checked them out, they're they're a bunch of young young black kids. And yeah, I, mean, I guess they're 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 a grindcore band, and they've got some samples. Fucking, fucking ferocious and you, when you see him you're not you're not thinking that that's when they got on stage i'm not i you know you weren't expecting that to I'm come out of it what, this is not what they're going to do musically and then i've seen plays like, oh <laughs> yeah these these kids they really throw down so that's my, pl- my plug zulu. zulu cool zulu yeah all right they're yeah you check them out okay definitely all right um out of the, you know, was there anybody in the mix real quick before I move on, you know, that was in, in that, that early punk rock scene, you know, uh, with you jamming was like, a uh, in the circles of Ron Reyes and Keith Morris and Angelo, was there anybody that just was a real asshole that, that, uh, that wasn't, you know, cooperative with the other, with the other guys in the scene? Uh, anybody stand out yeah, like that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that happened. <clears throat> I okay. think that happened like a little bit later on, you know, with the accused. And I'm not, I'm not going to mention any names because it really doesn't matter because probably actually okay. you know, the guys, the, band, okay. the guys in the band are probably actually really, really, really cool. But I mean, there just gets to be when you're on tour and you've got managers and you've got a road manager or something, you know, they're really the ones that are, that are speaking for you. Um, so, okay. you know, there was some, some things that were done to us that were, you know, probably Crappy. not necessarily, you know, yeah the band of the band's doing but yeah all right okay all right well let's move on to the next two um you know thinking about the uh the crossover movement that you were a part of but definitely in your own lane what do you think about who do you favor between stormtroopers of death and cryptic slaughter um i'm gonna i'm gonna probably go with the sod Okay. Like, All right. Yeah. I like. They Did you were ever a little, meet any of those guys? More, more metallic. I can appreciate um, Cryptic Slaughter. I was never, you know, even you know, with some of the stuff that's going on now, you know, these different these different levels of grindcore or the you know the blast beat thing. It's just like you know, I know that you know um, Scott Peterson from from you know Cryptic Slaughter pretty much came up with came up with that that blast beat. To me, it just kind of it kind of sounds a little the the drumming just sounds a little thin. Um, okay. You know, we did we did get a chance to play. We played Maryland Death Fest in uh, 20, 2019, I think, and we played with uh, we played with Low Life, and that was before they got the the, the permission to go ahead and and call themselves Cryptic Slaughter. Um, I remember Low Life. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So now they're now they're back to being uh, back to being Cryptic Slaughter, and that was All right. I think if I'm thinking about it from what my perspective is back when those records came out. 
you know, I think now I have I have more of an appreciation for you know cryptic slaughter now than than I okay. did than I, than I did back then. Yeah, but you know, uh, SOD just like you said, they're they're a little bit more metallic right there. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and 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 definitely kind of along the more along the veins of what you were doing. And when I think about the drumming that the accused had, um, man, you had fast drummers. You had some fucking yeah. fast drummers. I bet it wasn't easy to uh, getting the, getting the right guy to to uh to take care of your drums, right? No, we needed. We, we always looked for pe- for guys that can play like a, a real straight beat beat because there's yeah. there's the other there's the other fast beat where it's kind of like it's kind of like a cheater beat. You're kind of like missing. You you know you're not. It, it's just not not a straight beat. We we called it the cheater yeah. beat. And that's what <laughs> yeah. when we got Josh Cinder to play with us. And uh, so we wanted to know what what it what it was that we were looking for, and we this, we said, well, we need, you know, he so he basically called it real drumming. It's like, well, I mean, I guess uh, you know, like, yeah, we, need, we need somebody that can, that can play, play fast, straight, straight yeah. beat, not not the cheater beat. Hell yeah! Every every album that I, that I've heard, man, it just kick ass drumming, kick ass drumming from the accusers. Um, and me, I uh, started out on drums. It was really inspiring, but at the same time, intimidating because it was like shit, kind of keeping up with that pace throughout, you know, three or four minute song. Uh, oh, yeah. It wasn't drumming. easy. It yeah, wasn't that's easy. A, that's it was a tough job, hard. man. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Well, let's go move, to, move on to another subject. All right. Okay. There we are. There we are, man. I'm so sorry about that. Oh, that's all okay. right. That's all right. Okay, um, but so yeah, yeah, you know, and then with, the, with you know the Star Wars, it's just I, they just I don't know they just they just keep doing it. And for me, I'm not part of it. Ends up being it's this whole whole new world that you have to immerse yourself into. And if you're if you're watching one thing now, it it connects with something else. It connects with something else. You know, they they create they create all this other um, all this other backstory and and history right. and all this other character development that you know you wouldn't have you. That, that you wouldn't have thought of, you know, like I've watched, right. you know, I think I watched like the first, uh, the first season of the Mandalorian, you know, that was, you know, that was entertaining, but then, you know, I watched more of it and it's like, nah, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just too much for me. I get it. I know what you mean. And you know, but, well, I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence. Between, I'm on the fence between the two of them. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Well, let's move on to uh, some choices when it comes to producing some burgers. So what do you, what do you, uh, I'm not too sure how you produce them there at the Giant Burger, but do you prefer charbroiled or a flat top burger? Uh, we did, you know, we did charbroiling because when, when we uh, moved into our first location, um, that's what was there. Um, as okay. far as equipment, there was, there was, there was a, uh, there was a, a 48 inch charbroiler. There was a, uh, four, four burner, uh, gas, gas cooktop thing. And then there was a fryer. Um, so okay. we started off with, we started off, off with charbroiling and the thing that we did that was unique that nobody else was doing as we, uh, uh, we used hundred percent Chuck, we'd get a, a Chuck roll and we'd grind Chuck. it and that's, that's it. So we, yeah. we ground our meat and and hand form the patties every day. Very was, cool. That was our that was our signature deal. Um, in yeah. in retrospect, the, the only the biggest problem with the charbroiler is it's really really messy. Right. It's really hard to keep clean. Um, yeah. You know, if I was to have, have started doing a burger thing right now, I would do I would do a flat top. It's a, okay. It's a lot, it's it a seems- lot cleaner. Doesn't make as much of a mess, and it's a lot more manageable than the uh, than the charbroiler is. 
It's spoken like a professional. You know how it goes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So thinking of that, you know, we mentioned you're using chuck. So do you prefer a ground chuck or do you also, well, between the two, is it ground chuck or do you go for a good plant-based burger? We, we, at, at the restaurant, we had, when we, when we first opened, we had some friends that were vegetarians and they said, you know, we're, we're, we'll, we'll come to your restaurant, <clears throat> but we're not going to come and uh, get a garden burger, a Boca burger from you guys. Cause we can make it, make it at home. So my wife right. uh, developed a recipe for, for a black bean and mushroom burger. Whoa. And that was, that was the veggie burger, veggie burger that we served. Um, wow. I'm, I, I, me personally, I'm yeah. going to stick around more in into a garden burger boca burger um something that you can make yourself i think a lot of this 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 fake meat that they're coming up with i think if you really look at look at what it's made out of i it, it's just you're 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 replacing one thing which is basically a natural product whether you you want to eat meat or not that's that's up to you and you're replacing it with something that's basically just another um processed processed food um right yeah. So I, you know, I, if I'm going to, if I'm going to eat meat, I'm going to eat meat. I don't know that I want to eat something that's made out of a bunch of weird shit that, 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 that looks like a burger, beans <laughs> like a burger, but, it, but it's not. Um, right. <laughs> that's kind of where I'm in, like where I'm in, in my, my cooking here. And that was a, we, we had another friend that was a vegetarian as well. And uh, he's going, no, I'm, I want to, I want to embrace eating I want to embrace eating vegetables and grains and, 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 and legumes and all of that stuff. I don't want to, I, I don't want to replace something that's a vegetable because it looks or tastes like meat. That's not what I want to do. I want, I want to enjoy the taste of vegetables. Um, yes. And I think people, I, it, uh, for me, me personally, cause I think, you know, now we've got, we're on all this, this vegan and all this, all this business, you know, it used yeah. to be, you were just a vegetarian, you know, right. Or you know, and so many people that, 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 that are vegan, there's, there's definitely people that, that stick with it forever and that's their thing, but other people, they just get so righteous about it and they do it for a couple of years and then they, then they slide back. <clears throat> I'm very much into a Julia, Julia Child ha had, had a thing that she said, and it was all, all about moderation. And it's, right. you know, it's just a little bit, it's just a little, little bit of everything. You know, it's like, yeah, if we, have, if we, if we cook a steak here at home, we we get a really a nice a nice piece of meat if, um you know we might yeah. get you know an inch an inch thick thick ribeye might weigh a pound mm. might cost 49 dollars for that one steak but that's going to be enough enough for both my wife and i and there's probably going to be leftovers um but it's a it's a it's a quality thing you, you don't yes. do it we don't eat yeah. we don't eat red meat um maybe once a month once every couple of months you know we do we do chicken i think we do chicken more like right now um yeah a couple of years ago we were doing we were doing fish fish probably about five five days out of the week um Whoa, okay. but it got to be really really expensive you know fish, right seafood yeah fish, yeah. fish or, see, fish seafood is costs as much as like a real high quality beef um for real yeah so you know, that, that's where I'm at, where I'm at with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. garden burger, you know, or, you know, they've had these fake chicken nuggets. Some of the stuff they've had for years. It's yeah. been around. It's been around for, for forever. So it's it's nothing. That's so that, that's where I'm at. I get you, man. Definitely. Yeah. Real, um, real, real, a real burger. Real burger. I get hear yourself, you. Get yourself a grinder at home and just go to the store. Get get a get a 
piece of chuck and just cut it up the strips and, and run it, run it through your grinder. You're going to be, it's going to be the best burger ever. There you go. That's right. Good advice right there. Now, moving on to another area of your expertise. How about these two? Tequila versus vodka. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go tequila. You know, we really actually, we don't really use that much vodka anymore. Um, okay. We used to. Um, yeah. You know, I'd like, you know, uh, uh, the Anejo or the Russ, Russ, my, uh, my, my tongue gets tied when I'm trying to pronounce things, things in Spanish, but you know, I don't do, I don't <laughs> like, I don't like brown tequila. And I think a lot of people when they're younger, they've, they've had some bad experiences with, uh, uh, you know, straight shotting a fifth of, you know, uh, brown poncho via. Oh, I'm just, sure. Get, yeah. You never right. seem to, you never seem to get that, that taste or it just, <laughs> just sticks with you. And, uh, brutal. You know, yeah. yeah I, think, I think now yeah, more, yeah, definitely more, more tequila. All right. Tequila than vodka. All right. And what's your preference between whiskey and rum? Um, um, I like to drink, uh, bourbon, uh, just neat, um, rum. Um, there's so many different kinds of rum. And this is something that I've, that I've, you know, I've learned about doing, doing the wicker bar because I've been able to um, connect with other people that, um, are into the cocktail world. And, um, I, I do have a, a friend of mine by the name of Steve Holitz and he does a, uh, uh, he does a podcast as well called uh, Bone Bat, and he also does a film festival up here called the Bone Bat um, Comedy of Horrors uh, Film Fest. But wow. he's kind of gotten me into this whole the whole tiki world, and there's like thirty or forty different kinds of rum, and they actually all they they all play a part in 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 your in your cocktail mixing if you're mixing you know tiki drinks or something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. What is what a science it is right there. It really is when you start breaking it down. Um, it is, yeah. And there was the you know a lot of these guys that were doing that original tiki stuff. They kept little little notebooks and they didn't share those were those were their recipes and they didn't share that stuff with with anybody else. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, it's 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 proprietary. You know, it, yeah. it's, you, you, you put the work into, to getting those recipes down and, and, uh, it, it's fun kind of experimenting, but at the same time, that's your baby and, uh, it's something to be very proud of right there. I'm, I'm yeah. anxious to get my hands on the cookbook so I can do some of these drinks over here for my wife. Yeah. And the, and the, and, you know, making the cocktails, it's, it's very much, it's very much like cooking. And that's how, yeah. you know, when, when we first started doing the show, we looked on our bookshelf and it's like, oh, we've got all of these cocktail books. And then you look at the recipes, it's like, oh, whatever, that looks just disgusting. I'm not going to drink that. And then you make, you make some of these drinks. It's like, oh my God, this is absolutely, it's absolutely delicious. So the, yeah. you know, so there's more to cocktails than just, you know, a rum and Coke or a, you know, Jack and Coke or a gin and tonic. Yeah. And there's, you know, that's, it's crazy. Yeah. It is. Right. It, yeah. it, it, there's so much to it. It's a whole nother language yeah. to, to, it, it to that extent too. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, let me move on to one more other thing in the uh, in the spirit world. Do you prefer wine or liquor? Did you say wine or liquor? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm an e I'm equal opportunity drinker. Um, <laughs> you know, All right. I, you know, some, you know, some evenings we like to start the evening off with a cocktail, and we you know like to drink uh, wine. You know, um, wine with our dinner. Um, okay. 
uh, and then it just depends on what kind of wine we've, you know, there's a couple that we, you know, I guess you just basically call, call a table wine, you know, cause there's sure. parts, you know, place, places in Europe where people drink, they drink wine every day and it's just a, yeah, it's just wine. There's nothing, there's nothing special about it. Um, and then occasionally, you know, we'll get a nice, you know, a nice, a nice bottle of, a nice bottle of red wine, you know, that goes, goes mm-hmm. for a nice dinner. I'm, I'm yeah. equal, I'm equal, equal opportunity drinker is where I got it. Very cool. Exactly. Um, very well spoken in, in regards to, especially your, in your history and in your expertise in the, in the, uh, in the alcohol world right there. Now I'm going to move to a different field and it's okay. going to be about, uh, horror movies. And I'm, I'm, I'm only, I'm, I'm making an assumption that you probably dig horror movies considering the background of the gore and the horror and the different topics that you cover in some of your lyrics. Would would I be fair to uh, say, yeah. You dig horror? I, I do. I don't. I would have to say that I don't watch as many now as I did in the past. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think and and one of the other things with, with watching them now is, you know, there's all these streaming services and stuff. So it's not sometimes yeah. what you're watching is not like as deliberate. And you're not I'm not paying as much attention to it as I would have years ago. Um, right. I know. Yeah, what so you mean. No, I definitely. Um, and I like, you know, I, I like to read books as well. Um, so, you know, I do like, you know, horror, horror, horror novels as well. Cool. Well, I'm going to give you three choices here in the last, and, and this is going to be the last question I got for you in the draw the line. Now, out of these three movies, tell me which one you favor out of the exorcist okay. Halloween or the Texas chainsaw massacre. <clears throat> um, I'm going to have to say the exorcist. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. I had, you know, that came out, you know, I remember when that came out when I was a kid and they were talking about how scary it was and people were running out and puking. And there was like this whole, whole hubbub about it. Right. And it was one of the movies that, you know, I didn't get to see until many years after it came out, just, just like the night of the living dead, you know, right. I only heard about that. I never, Me too. this was before, before VHS. And the only way you'd see something was at the theater. And it was many, many years after that movie came out um, before I actually saw it. And I did, obviously, you know, was able to, you know, see The Exorcist on uh, on VHS. And then when they did, I can't even remember what, what anniversary that was for that movie, but. With the uh, extra scenes? Anniversary or something where they, they, they re-released it and then it had some extra footage. Yeah. And one of them was uh, the Linda spider. Blair was doing that, doing that crab walk down oh, the stairs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah. Yeah, the, the Exorcist horrifying one that I did get to see in the theater when I was younger was was the uh, the Omen. Oh so yeah, thought, you know, Gregory yeah, Peck. Yeah, Omen. Um, that one was that was that was pretty sinister as well. It really was, you know, a, a really a, a movie about a kid that was going to grow up to be the Antichrist, and you know, yeah. as far as that movie went, I think he was maybe eight or nine, something like that. Because the second one was when he came out with Damien Omen two. And that's when he was yeah. in his teenage years. But that yeah. first one yeah. already just being about him just being such a, a little youngster. Uh, yeah. G- very cool movie. I'm glad you brought that one up. And that's there was just, cool you know, when, you know the, the scenes in there, you know, when, when the nanny hangs herself in the, yeah. in the party or, or the, yes. the, 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 the truck, the truck that's carrying the plates of glass. And one of the plates comes off, oh, cuts yes. off the guy's head. And that movie, when that movie came out, that wasn't even rated R. That was like PG or GP or whatever it used to be be back yeah. then, you know. It was wow. Like, yeah. yeah. But it was, it had, it, it had some pretty good little gore scenes going on right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very cool. 
uh, you know, uh, Blaine, that wraps up my, my draw the line segment right there. And, 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 you know, I, I really, I had a great time talking to you over the, over the past, you know, hour and a half right here. And, and, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, I love it. Was a good, it was a good, good, good conversation, man. Thank you so much. And, uh, I just, I, I really just gotta, gotta let you know one more time that, um, Thanks for sharing this afternoon with me because you really have been an inspiring force to me as a vocalist and your band, The Accused, has just been one of those that whenever I put it on and in, in, uh, in my car, I crank it up and it, 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 it always makes me feel freaking good. And that's that's what I love about music, and that's what I enjoy about metal. And uh, it, it brings me a great joy to be able to have the singer to one of my favorite bands finally on my show. So I, well, I really you. appreciate you, Blaine. Um, how can people keep up with you on social media? Where can they find you doing like the Wicker um, Bar, so for we're instance? We're on, uh, on on the on on the Facebook uh, uh, toe tag. <clears> There's <throat> uh, toe, toe tag on Facebook, and then also on Facebook we have a. It's a once again because of the weird stuff that happened. Um, it, it's a it's a group that you can you can join. Um, and there's two of them. One of them is called the Lifeless Zone, and the other one yeah. is called Accused After Death. All and right. those are two kind of like fan um, fan sites that you can uh, that you that you can join. You can find out um, uh, when, when we're playing. And then if you want to buy our stuff, uh, also uh, splatterrock.com. We have we have a website. Um, if you're really interested and you have the time, we um, a couple of years ago we paid a guy. I just have to throw his name out. His name is uh, Jesse Davis. He lives down in Northern California. He digitized all of our old uh, live VHS tapes. So we have, we have those hosted on a website called uh, accusedarchives.com. So you can go on there and there's, I don't know, like 20 or 30 or 40 uh, um, d- different uh, live shows that, uh, they're wow. digitized that are on there. And uh, yeah, there you go. Awesome. Tag on Bandcamp. Yeah. Yes. Awesome, man. And, just follow, and, follow, me, and follow me on the Facebook because I'm, you know. I'm always posting a picture of what I'm cooking or how many pennies I find out on my walk or, you know, whoever, <laughs> or the next whoever, show's coming up on shows or whoever's doing, whoever's doing something, you know, there's a whole lot of, whole lot of people that are doing a whole lot of cool, cool, cool stuff out there. And, um, you know, I have the honor of being, you know, associated with a lot of people and, you know, I can do my, my little bit of, you know, sharing what they're doing. And, you know, hopefully every once in a while, people are going to, you know, pick up on that, you know, try to support a lot, you know, some of the stuff that's going on out there. Absolutely. We just got to keep paying it forward. It always gets around, you know, uh, high totally, tide raises totally. all ships and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, thank you so much, Zane, uh, Blaine. And thank I, you. I, I appreciate you so much. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And, uh, you too. Looks, looks like the Eagles won. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, 49ers fans. Hey, that's all good, man. Go Eagles. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. um, uh, to all my listeners out there, thanks a lot for listening today. And uh, please listen to the cues. Look them on, up on your favorite music platform. Make sure and you don't give forget them a don't follow. forget the wicker the wicker bar on YouTube as well. Look up the get wicker on, bar get on that and subscribe yeah, yeah, to subscribe that, to, please. Subscribe to my channel. Throw me a bone. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna do my best to get my people out there on your channel out there. Blaine, once again, thanks a lot. And until next all time, right. we'll see everybody Peace. at the show. Right on, man. All right, you take it easy. That concludes my interview with Blaine Cook today. Thanks a lot for listening to today's podcast. If you got any questions or comments, please leave them at the Tony Gomez Show on Facebook, or you can email me at Tony Gomez Show at gmail.com. 
I really appreciate you guys supporting the Tony Gomez show. Give me a like and give me a follow. And if you would check it out, check out this episode on my new YouTube channel. Check that out along with episodes that I've got with Jimmy Smithwick, uh, also with Dave Lozano from Devastation. I've got Mike DeLeon from Soulfly and Philip H. and Semo and the Illegals. Uh, also, just recently just dropped Alice Dominguez from the founding member of Annihilator and also the founding bass player for Devastation. I've got Eric Calvert from Throat Locust out there. Please check out the YouTube channel. Thank you for all your support. From me to you, keep grinding. Have a kick-ass day, and I'll see you at the show.